Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you for joining us for today's program. Investment, such an amazing and valuable thing. Here, please listen to this clip about true investment. Verse 19, 2 Corinthians 1. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea. And I want you to think of that with me tonight. And in him, amen. Unto the glory of God by us. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who also who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. As you think of some of the people through your years of being a Christian that God used through grace to invest in your life. And the time that they invested and the way they invested and what they used in the investment is really something and you'll never forget it and it has mentioned can only be mentioned by you in relationship as a testimony to the provision of God for you. Think of the people that really have invested in you. The investments that really made a difference somewhere, sometime, after you got saved. The investments that made you see things that you have never, never knew before. Understand things that you never understood and love God like you never knew how to. Those investments have really been something. In this particular portion, he's dealing with Sylvanus and Timotheus, and he's dealing with tremendous investments that have been made. And then he says, God's promises. I never nay, but they're always yea. What does he mean by that? And they're also amen unto the glory of God by us. By us. One of the deep meanings of this is that our investments in each other are so consistent through the grace of God that it makes what God promises the people we invest in realize that his promises are amen. That they actually can be experienced because of the servants that fulfill them for others. Here's a person that goes into an area or a group of people that go into an area, and I, I was thinking of the three Finnish boys that came here the other day, and 
I haven't introduced them tonight, but uh, every time I see anybody that comes from Finland, I'm always totally overjoyed because of the kind of Christians that they are in Finland and the kind of lives they live. If anybody is exposed or sits under their ministry, the promises of God are fulfilled because of the investments that they make. Some of our folks in Finland just totally have so given their lives over to Jesus Christ that they never think anything of the sacrificial service that they give because they've given themselves and the sacrificial service is simply a product of that rather than an act they do to produce the product of it. Some of the most effective pastors in this ministry are not necessarily the most fruitful because of their gifts. I would say that more times than not, they are the most fruitful because of their investment. The investments that they make in people. Some of the individual Christians that are most likely to fail are Christians who do not have the life of God in them enough to invest in others, but live rather selfishly and inconsistently as far as the cross is concerned. Investing in people's lives is one of the most beautiful things in the world. And I want to say this tonight. Unconditional love does not love to get people to change. We said that, but I want to repeat it. I know when I think of people, I don't love them because I want them to change. I love them because there's a deep sense of God's love pouring through me toward them. I don't even have any thought of their changing. If change is needed, certainly we would pray to that end and hope it would happen for their sakes. But that is not the motive of love. The motive of love is the character of God. The motive of love is the nature of God. And the motive of love is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And then the Holy Spirit being sent in the heart to shed that love abroad. And I think when people realize that people love them without demanding anything is the most beautiful thing in the world because it's something that is so rare today because everyone knows that from the time you're a child till you grow up, if anybody loves you, you expect to have a gimmick revealed at, at certain points. They love you because they're after something, maybe for God, but they're after something and that destroys the value of that love. I've been ministering and fellowshipping with different ones in the past two weeks and every time I've left, I've said to the Lord, help them to know that I'm not fellowshipping with them because I expect any changes. I'm not thinking of that, but I'm fellowshipping with them because it's just beautiful to be with them and to receive their portion. And that makes all the difference in the world. And I think the heart witnesses to that when that takes place between people, you say. But investment is not just a one-way thing. I think investment comes from any two people 
as long as Christ flows between them. Whether you know it or not, if you've been saved a month or a week and somebody's been saved 20 years and you both go out and Christ flows, both people are making an investment. All of the promises of God are yea. And all of them are amen. What does that really mean? Well, in the content, it means that our lives are so filled with the Holy Spirit that God uses us to be the substance of their faith to reveal to them the evidence of their desire. And because we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us, then the promises are yea through our obedience to God. Think with me. When Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. I am, he said, the resurrection and the life. And he said, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? He said, I want you to know that you have forever life and everything about you becomes alive without death and you've already passed from death unto life in John 5.24 already and therefore you're hid with Christ in God because the law is fulfilled and sins have been totally paid for and the sin nature crucified in God's sight So he said, can't you understand that you have a glorious opportunity to just have pleasure on earth in Christ and liberty in holiness and joy in righteousness and peace in your experience? Because those promises are yea. For example, when the Bible says you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, The yea means that you are. No one can stop it. When the Bible says, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, the yea means that you are perfect in Christ because of the finished word. So be mindful of it. It's a yea, never a nay, never a nay. Here it is. It's never a nay. It's a promise and it's always yea. When God says you're sealed in Ephesians 1.13 and 14 and right here with the earnest of the Spirit in Ephesians 4.30, that's a yea. It's never an a. That means that God never takes away the seal because of the yea and no nays. Now then, when Jesus said, I'll go with you to the end of the world and never forsake you, again, that's a yea. He said, I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you to the end of the world in Matthew 28.20. In Hebrews 13.5, he's saying, that's a yea, it'll never be a time and it'll be no. That, and what's that promise based upon? The nature and character of redemption. If I deny him, he cannot deny me, because God abides, faith, abides faithful. In 2 Timothy 2.13. So it's based upon the nature of redemption, the nature of deity, the nature of Christ, And when that nature is in me, then that's how I treat people. 
and I have the peace of it, the joy and wisdom and power of it in my life to give to others so that the promises of God can be fulfilled to them through my life, which reveals the nature and character of grace to them to fulfill a promise that they don't deserve because of the nature of God's redemptive work for them. When the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things have passed away, all things become new, you see, that's a yay. See, there'll never be a time that that will ever be a nay. Never. Why? Because it's based upon the nature of God. Not man's nature, not failure, not anything. It's based, that promise is based upon the nature of God. Okay. Can our unbelief make the word of God of none effect? Question in Romans 3, 3, verse 4 answers. God forbid, let God be true and every man a liar. That's the background of the nature of grace toward frail man to assure you that the promises are yea and can never be nay. Now, let me read the verse again. The last part pertaining to they preached among you by us, even by me, Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was what? Yea. Now, notice this. For all, read it with me, for all the promises of God in him are yea. And in him, so be it, under the glory of God by us. In other words, if we tell it to you, no matter if we're frail, it's true. No matter if we fail, it's still true. It's beautiful. Verse 21. Now he which now, what's that word now? He which established us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. He's saying the reason that all of this is true, though it seems incredible, is it's all established by God and His nature of grace. Here's verse 22. Who has also sealed us and given us the earnest or down payment of the Spirit in our hearts. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ has such a great salvation. It is, in, is fabulous. Listen. Now, this is the kind of a Christianity that I understand and I know. And you'll never get me out of this Christianity. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com I'm going to be reading a long quote from chapter 11 of Grace Overcomers Addiction Ministry, a book written by Dan Lightsey. And if you'd like to get a copy of this book, and I highly recommend you do, you can find information on our website about where it can be purchased. What we have found to be most effective in the gaining and maintaining of sobriety is for one to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and to be an active, committed member of the local church. Our stories bear this out. Once we trusted God, came out of the wilderness of addiction, and crossed the Jordan River, 
we entered the land of promise. This is a type of the local church. In a very practical way, God has provided a refuge for us here. God gives specific instruction through his word on how one is to live and walk with him and his people on the road to Jericho where the wall's defense mechanisms that we have erected through the years are supernaturally destroyed. Joshua 6.5 He further maps out our journey to the eternal city of Zion. Hebrews 12.22-24 It is in the local church where we are united under the authority of an anointed pastor-teacher. Then God commands us to be blessed in Psalm 133, 1-3, and the yoke of our bondage is broken, Isaiah 10:27. Taking none of the spoils of our addicted life, we cast away companions and telephone numbers. Indeed, everything that connects us to it in any way is utterly destroyed, Joshua 6:2, because we could not, in our natural strength, rule our own spirit. We are like a city that is broken down and without walls, Proverbs 25:28. At this point in our lives, we should have broken heart and contrite spirit, Psalm 34:18. Either we have just come out of the captivity of Babylon, which is like unto a penitentiary that we were hauled off to as a result of our addiction, with our lives a heap of rubbish, Nehemiah 4:2, or we are victors of the Battle of Jericho in the Babylonian scenario because we would not put down the idols of our addiction voluntarily. God arranged circumstances to destroy them. This could be the loss of job or driver's license, a jail sentence, broken marriage, homelessness, or hospitalization. In any case, we were candidates for grace. It was in this place that we made godly friends and began to rebuild our lives, Nehemiah 4.1. The local church was where we began to experience the fullness of him, Ephesians 1.23, by sitting at the feet of the pastor-teacher a minimum of three times a week, and hearing the word of God, our faith was strengthened, Romans 10.17. Since a walk with God is always one of faith, 2 Corinthians 5.7, and of love, Ephesians 5.2, Jesus Christ's love towards us and ours towards others, we receive his grace which is freely given, Matthew 10.8, Romans 8.32, 1 Corinthians 2.12, and extend that same grace, John 1.16, to those we come in contact with. We make ourselves available to God and begin to grow in his grace and knowledge, 2 Peter 3.18. We learn what it is to have godly friendships that are born in and out of adversity, Proverbs 17.17. 17. Since substance abusers commonly switch their addiction from drugs to sexual promiscuity, we learn how to relate to the opposite sex in purity. We begin to have an eternal vision instilled in us and take on the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 Wow, what a great quote, and this is a great book. Addiction, we see it portrayed in the news and in the media, people who are addicted to drugs or other things. And while those seem to be extreme cases where heroin abuse or abuse of prescription medicine leads to the absolute destruction of people's lives, and yet it's very real that these are just extremes of the human condition and that our self-life is addicted by its nature to the things of the world. It's attached to worldly things, to unhealthy things. 
God really wants to break those attachments in our lives so that we'll be free. You'll notice in the cases of addiction that person's freedom, the person's liberty, the person's health, slowly begins to deteriorate until they're in absolute bondage to the thing, whatever that is, that they're addicted to. There's a void there. There's a void in the soul of every human being. It's a God-shaped hole that only he can fill. To recognize that and to understand that, that when that God-shaped hole is filled with God, we are satisfied. We have a satisfaction, a peace that goes beyond understanding. God is willing to take all the time that is needed to invest in us, to make sure that that void in our lives is filled with Him. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. So at this point in our program, we, we talk about receiving Christ as your Savior. Now, don't turn it off. <laughs> if you haven't received Christ as your Savior, I can't stress to you the importance. Did you hear the messages? Did you hear today that kind of love? That kind of love. Love that is not selfishly oriented. Relationships with people that are in purity, that are in truth. You can have that. And you can't have that outside of a relationship with God. But you can have that once you've received Christ as your Savior and begin to grow in the new person that God would make you. Let's pray a prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Help me. Be with me. Lord, give me relationships where I can get to know you and people would be able to get to know you through me now that I am a new person. You've done this in my life. Come into my life. Save me. Make me new. In Jesus' name, I pray. You prayed that prayer and you believed, really believed. God has invested something in you. He invested something 2,000 years ago. He shed his blood so that anyone would be able to come. He made that investment. He finished the work of salvation. Now, now that you are seated and placed in that work, he would want to invest the word in you and for you to be involved with people that know him, to spend that time with them, not to get from them, but to be who God has made you to be and to learn who that is. Please contact us. We'd love to help you and connect you with people and resources where you can get to know who you are in Christ.